Should LeBron James swear in front of kids? How powerful is positive language when coaching? Will the Lakers be left out of the playoff picture? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the P-Ball Breakdown Podcast. As always, I'm joined today by Dave Dufour at Dave Dufour NBA. Uh, it's been a little while, Dave, since we've actually interacted, but it's always nice to have you on a nice Saturday morning uh, discussion on uh, basketball. Yeah, this is weird to record on a Saturday morning, um, but hey, hey, it, it's, <laughs> let's it's, talk hoops. It's, we, I haven't we, talked basketball in a while. So. I was, this is what we do when I'm like, I was uh, in Chicago all last week visiting the folks, and now I'm leaving tomorrow uh, out of the country for about eight days with the wife to Paris, so uh, I have to sneak it in when I can. I got to give you, uh, you've been to Paris? I, no? I mean, you know, in college. Oh, well, I got to give you some ad- adult Paris tips and not like triple X adult. Right. I'll take like, whatever you want to give me, by the way. So no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, OK. Yeah, you have to do that. And uh, yeah, you know what? We, we're, we're slowly getting all of our stuff already scheduled. So get it over here quick before uh, we're booked. Nonetheless, uh, let's talk some hoops. Uh, you know, yesterday, I think I might have sparked a national debate. Uh, on from Twitter, it, it kind of felt that way only because it was the length of the argument or the actually it's a conversation about swearing in front of kids as a coach. Uh, it, it seemed like I can't tell the timing, but it sounded like um, he that will be not named on Fox Sports uh, decided to have a whole show about it or a segment about it uh, that I that someone shared with me. And, oh. it, and it sounded like uh, it could have been sort of after this big discussion we started having. So uh, there was a uh, a great speech by LeBron James tweeted out to his son's AAU team. And he made a really great point about being able to play your role. And he drops like an F-bomb in the middle of that whole thing. And I just sort of said, and by the way, I didn't I didn't light him up. I didn't judge him. I just said, this is a great thing what he said. I just disagree that he used the F-word. And it sparked the whole, you know, it's still kind of going. It's kind of petering out finally, but it's still going. But I think you have a an interesting take on this whole idea. Well, I think that the context of your words matter as much, if not more, than the words themselves. Meaning, I, I curse quite a bit, right? I, I think that colorful language is important, and and I like it. Um, but there are things that you can say to kids that are a lot worse than dropping a random F-bomb. Now, if he directed the F-bomb at a kid or, you know, called the kid an asshole – you know, like that, that's a different story, but that's, again, that's about the context. And, you know, I've, I've, uh, I mean, hell, Stan Van Gundy. Oh, form a fucking wall. Yeah. But right? you're talking. Okay. So great. Let's talk and about I Stan get, Van Gundy. Now, hold on. Now, I get your different, I get your differentiation, but I've said that to, to kids that I coach. High okay. Kids. Do you, would you expect that maybe let's just go through some scenarios here. Would you expect a teacher to be even on occasion swearing in the classroom, um, I have, I'd have no problem with it. I don't know. I mean, like, would they? I don't know. But I, I think it, so. This is this is more a cultural thing, I think, than anything else. Where to me, I do not want to limit any of the vocabulary you can use, but I would love to see it used in a positive manner rather than a negative manner. Okay. So telling, saying "fuck you" to someone is obviously negative. But form a fucking wall, that's a positive. 
right? Like that's a motivational technique. And it's not now if every other word out of your mouth is the F word, then it's going to fall on deaf ears. But you drop a you drop a well-placed F bomb in a huddle and it works. I mean, it it gets it it there's something about it and it's because of, you know, the taboo nature around the word and how how we're taught that Oh, this is bad. I mean, bad word. It's such a silly, childish thing to to have bad words. You know, I I think that the the context is what matters, and so I, we disagree on this. I I do. I think that there are words that are inherently negative, and they will elicit a negative response. But I think what I wanted to stress about this whole conversation was that the power of positive language. And again, I it's really hard to argue that fuck ends up being somehow positive. Like, I guess, like, fuck yeah is, like, some positive thing. But again, that we're riding on both the notion of negative versus positive, but also appropriateness uh, when you're talking about kids who are 14, who are, you know, standing at attention, uh, you know, eyes locked on a coach, on a, an adult who is in a leadership role. Um, so I know it kind of, you know, and, and the, the thing I got that got me really frustrated because I know some people argue it's a cultural thing and it was like, you know, they were trying to insist that I would never be able to go. And it, it sounded a bit racist to me. Well, I would never be able to go into the certain areas. And this is all code to me. Uh, and coach, if you never if I don't swear like that was sort of some of the gist of what I was getting at or getting getting. And I just thought it was it's such the biggest nonsense of all time. But I, I think the also the, but the, the, the key here is the power of positive language. I think we're just now understanding the science behind this and how it can motivate and uplift. And I just feel like we're in the Stone Age at this point. And at some point, as we move farther, we're going to realize that, you know, it, it, the power of language can really improve your team's performance. That said, the only question here is in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, is the word fuck even going to be a swear word? Well, it's not now. That that's my point. Is that th- oh, this idea that these are swear words, right? Like, you know, it, it's not like he's he's dropping the c bomb. <laughs> you know, like that that like with that inherently has a negative connotation, at least in America. But then if you go to to England, Australia. it doesn't. Right. So you know, again, the the idea that there are certain words that are bad, whether they have like positive or negative context is silly. I think that context is the only thing that matters in language and in particular in this type of language. You know, like, I mean, I, I distinctly remember telling my kid to kick the other team's ass. Right, right? now. And, and to me, ass isn't a swear word. OK, neither but, is Jesus Christ. Right. But fuck is also not a swear word to me. And by the way, I apologize for people listening to this podcast. Hopefully you don't have kids in the car if you don't want them to hear the F word. But like that word doesn't bother me. If I had kids, it wouldn't bother me. And and to be honest, more, most 14 year olds are, you know, saying that word, whether it's from listening to, to music or watching movies or whatever. Most likely they're hearing it at home from their parents. I mean, hell, I grew up thinking my middle name was damn it. Oh, great. Now you're taking uh, <laughs> some. You got to attribute that if you're going to use that line, don't you? What? That's, Did I steal that from somebody? Yeah, that's, what do you mean? That's from the most fam- famous. Uh, that's the most famous stand up by Bill Cosby. Oh, I. No, I well, actually, remember. he said that he thought his name was Jesus Christ. Oh, because well, there like, you Jesus go. Christ, get in here. But then his brother thought his name was Damn It. You never heard oh, that? That's one of the most you I, know, famous. I never. I. Never oh, wow. heard it, or at least consciously heard it. Yes, so, no, I didn't in there. Because then yeah. at one point they yell at the brother, Jesus Christ, get in here. He goes, but Dad, you, I thought my name was Damn It. 
So anyway, um, so anyway, but but back to back to my point. I do think I, I agree with you that that language is powerful, and that positive language is extremely powerful. But I don't think that certain words are inherently bad just because of the words that they are. I think it's all about how you use them, just well, like anything else. Can't we you know, like? But but what about like the notion of like you know uh, role model and uplifting and 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 even even if we're just in the level of appropriateness of language, like why can't you know, if you want to argue whether it fuck is a bad word or not, like clearly you can't say it on TV. You can't say it in the classroom. But uh, why can't you say it on TV? I mean, because of outdated rules. That's why. You know, I think that, remember, I mean, it's 2018. It's not 1950. And, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those rules about what you can say on TV were, were made a long, long time ago. I mean, I'm sorry, but this is not Leave it to Beaver. You know, we're we're all a little bit more educated. We're all a little bit more kind of conscious of of our surroundings. And I, I just don't I don't need the government or anyone else in particular telling me uh, what I can and can't say in whatever setting. That's right, just well, me. I think I think throughout the years we've always had certain words that are you know triggering like that and that can incite stuff. Uh, I, sure. I you know you could argue even one of the kids kind of reacts a little bit to him saying it in a maybe surprised way, maybe not negative way, but surprised way. So it does you know we can't ignore the fact that it still carries weight and it does have. I think we got to take the taboo away. I, I think that's it's right. sort of like uh, you know if you legalize marijuana, marijuana use goes down. Yeah. The taboo goes away, and, and so you know it's whatever. I'm not saying that that using the f word would go down. Uh, definitely wouldn't in my house. Yeah, and, but, and by uh, the way, and I have no problem. You know, if you swear a lot, like at the college level or you know at the pro level, that's not a, that doesn't matter to me. Uh, I just think we were talking about 13, 14 year old kids who have an obligation, and I never swore, never. You know, in sure. fact, I and, that, I and that's fine. That's your prerogative. I, <laughs> I, my thing is though, I just don't see the problem. Uh, but I also I now I do have problems with the way that that coaches are aggressive with kids. I don't like that. I see a lot of coaches do that, Wh- whether it's aggressive uh, language toward them or or gesturing toward them or, sure. you know, even some physical aggression that concerns me a lot more than, you know, than than giving a speech and dropping an F-bomb or, or, or whatever, yeah. you know. Well, OK. And I would argue that there is some relationship to those different things. And the control you have over language also can be the control you have over your the way you communicate overall. And so that's why it just seems like, you know, until we get to a day where there aren't every single word is, is not taboo anymore. And it doesn't, you know, that has a swearing connotation and we're not there. Uh, it just seems like we have that obligation. I do want to play the quick soundbite just so we can all hear it and, uh, and, and get the, the sense of what LeBron was saying. So here it is. We got Hall of Famers and, and one of the best, some of the best players that ever played a game came off the bench. Or didn't play. That don't mean you ain't good. There's guys in the NBA that don't play. Does that mean they're not good? They got to the NBA because they were sorry? Mm-mm. They're just playing a role. If you don't want to roll, play tennis or play golf. Because then you can do what the fuck you want to do. And then you got nobody else to blame because it's only an individual sport. If that's what you want to do, play tennis or play golf. But if you want to play a team sport, there's going to be things that you can't, you got to give up to get what you want. Okay, so you know, uh, he wasn't directing it at anybody. Uh, the kids kind of look great up at him. Speech. Great what? speech. It's a great speech. It is a great speech. It's a really great what he said about it, good understanding message. your role. Yeah, good message. And, and again, like that's that's a positive message to me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think more uh, hell more kids probably need to hear that unedited. 
than uh, than any other a sort of rah rah speech or or anything else that coaches try. Which, again, back to the negative stuff. Like I, I do think that there's way still way too much negative coaching, and I'm much more concerned about that than you know somebody dropping okay. up. Yeah. Well, I, the only thing I found interesting about the whole discussion was that uh, the point of this, and, and I'll say it again, as I quoted that that video and on Twitter was he said great stuff I, I just disagree with using the F word like that's all and that was really what I said all I said is I just disagree with it I disagree but like to, to hear people and then because the funny thing is is when you kind of argue the other side you're kind of saying yeah it's okay you can swear all you want and it's sort of I think you're not saying that either I think I think what you're getting toward is you know if, if you drop the occasional swear word for whatever that that but right but it, then we get to this whole situation where it's I like, actually well, don't no, I, I'm not oh, putting you, any limits on it. No, oh, I, I see. I'm, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I, you're, I'm you're like the NRA. Let's, let's swear. I'm like young the kids. NRA when it comes to swearing, right? I'm like the NRA of swearing. All right. Well, uh, you that, swear you know. all you want. Again, now my only problem, my only problem is if if anything goes negative. I, I'm not into negative coaching. I still so. feel like you you'd have a problem if like if you were coaching your girls at the high school level. I mean, I'm assuming that you weren't just dropping F-bombs all over the place when you were coaching. Well, no, them. because that's an ineffective way to communicate. If every word that came out of my mouth was the F-word, then what are we getting done during a timeout? You know, like nothing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a modifier. It's not, it's not a noun. It, you know what I mean? It's not a verb, you know? Well, oh, well, it could yeah, be a You know what but, I mean as well. Yeah. I, I just feel like... Uh, I would be hard pressed to believe that there are coaches out there. I mean, listen, we know like Bob Hurley does it, did yeah, it, sure. But he, you know, he's grandfathered in from another era of in, at a private school. But I just would feel uh, I would be shocked if you know there are there are you know freshman coaches out there that are that have really foul language that are permitted to do that. All right, so I mean, Bobby Knight might not have dropped a lot of f bombs in his huddles, I think but he's he an asshole. I, oh, he probably I think, did. I think I'm Bobby saying, Knight, like, even if he didn't, he's an asshole who treated people like shit. So, like, you know, that that bugs me a lot more than than, you know, dropping an F-bomb in a huddle. I, I mean, I, I think I don't know. I, I'm over it. I'm good. All I'm right. done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> well, without question, LeBron is a visionary by opening a school for kids in Akron to standing up for his political beliefs publicly to throwing beautiful dimes to his teammates on the court. And it's the same kind of vision you can get by ordering your contact lenses from Simple Contacts. A convenient way to reorder your contact lenses that will save you money. When my wife runs out of her contacts, it's normally a nightmare to renew her prescription. And sometimes she's forced to wear her old ones for days until she finds the time to go out and pick them up. With Simple Contacts, they bring the doctor to you. You can take a vision test at home in under five minutes, then a real doctor reviews your test and writes you a new prescription. This isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, but it's the next best thing. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are unbeatable and shipping is free. But my listeners also get 30 bucks off their first Simple Contacts order with code COACHNICK20. So... To save 30 bucks on your lenses, just go to simplecontacts.com slash coachnick20 or enter the code coachnick20 at checkout. Again, that's simplecontacts.com slash coachnick20 or enter my code coachnick20 at checkout. Well, let's move on to another subject that I was actually mentioning to you earlier. I was a little too scared to actually say it uh, a month ago, but um, the Lakers are putting together a strange team and we've talked about that. 
Uh, and I kind of had visions of like not seeing where they fit into the playoff picture at all. Now, I don't want to, the power of LeBron is so strong that it's like that gives you X amount of wins and almost, you know, it should guarantee you a playoff spot. But we've had some math people, some numbers guys put some stuff together, some projections. And what they're seeing is uh, the Lakers on a bubble, right? Like maybe making the playoffs at all. Uh, and I found that very interesting, compelling, and certainly Lakers fans are up in arms about this as they are want to be. What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, Lakers fans just hate math. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what it comes down to. And, and the thing is, you know, Kevin Pelton is is one of the most well respected guys, you know, that covers the league, and he actually broke down exactly the process that went into this uh, projection. And he even said he feels like his model. Is is aiming is putting them a little too low, you know. He said he feels that way personally, but the model is the model, and I think that that it's hard for fans to kind of wrap their head around that. Like the model gives me this. Now I may feel different personally, which I do. I think the Lakers are going to probably make the playoffs because it's hard to go against LeBron. But the model shows this, and now you know those models are never they're not predictors. I mean, you know, they're not like time machines where they go into the future and they're like, this is what happens. Um, they're, they're just predictors based on, on previous year stats. And as we know, stats vary from year to year. It's hard to predict when a guy's going to take a leap. It's hard to predict when the wheels are going to fall off for a guy. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I will say the one thing with KP's projection is that it has LeBron's, uh, RPM dropping from like five to like 2.8 or something like that based on the, the, um, the equation that he came up with for when guys change teams. Okay. Now, LeBron, when LeBron went from Cleveland to Miami the first time, he dropped from like 8 plus 8 to like plus 4.8. So there was a big drop when he made that change. Um, I don't know if there what happened between the last year Miami and Cleveland. Um, I only know that because KP pointed it out in his piece. But I think that the other, the other problem you've got is that people are just seeing the projections and they're not reading the analysis that goes along with it. And I think that that's that's a problem that's inherent on the Internet in general. It's how we wound up with the president that we have. You know, you you read a headline or you see a graphic and that's it. That's all you see. You don't read the accompanying article. And and that's probably the, the what's causing all this controversy is that people aren't actually looking at it. If you talk to a Lakers fan and you said, you know, I think given what they've got, this is what they have right now, not what they're going to have at the trade deadline. Barring injuries to other teams, and a lot of teams in the West got better. A lot of a lot of teams in the West are going to be healthier. Uh, the Lakers are somewhere between five and ten. Now, I think the ten is unlikely, and I think the five is unlikely. I think they're probably a six or seven seed, if I'm guessing. Um, but I think that most Lakers fans would agree. I, I, like at least the ones I've talked to, the sensible mm-hmm. ones, sure. they agree. Yeah, they're probably somewhere between five and ten because the West is is hard. There's a lot of good teams in the West. So, yeah, I think you agree with me on that. You think most people just aren't reading it? No. Well, I, I kind of agree with the projection, the, the projection itself. Um, I kind of feel like it's a ragtag group of players. And here's the biggest issue in my mind. A, whatever you want to predict for LeBron's production, it can't get any better than it was last year, can it? I don't Offensive. see how. Yeah, I don't see how. Right? So, it, like, maybe that's the most – like, there's – yeah, and, like, what, I, I'm glad that Kevin was able to factor that in, like, when you change teams because clearly, like, the most he's going to be able to do is what he did last year. And that, you know, at, at 33 or 34, whatever he's going to be, it's like already that's an issue. Um, but it's not that. 
It's the defense. And if you want to play defense in the regular season the way he played in the West, and if that affects the rest of the team, which it was not a great defensive team last year, to say the least, that's what I'm really concerned with. The, the Lakers' defense was actually okay. It was? Um, well, yeah, look. they were okay. If only uh, and, we had and, a way of checking. That's right. The, the Lakers' defense was okay. And Lonzo Ball. Oh, 12th. There's, there's, yeah. Yes. There, there's an argument to be made that Lonzo Ball is going to be the best defensive point guard that LeBron's ever had, <laughs> which is insane, right? Like, So point of attack defense, you're going to be okay. They're going to switch a ton because, you know, that's just what the what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, now, the issue I have is, you know, like rim protection is JaVale at, you know, 14 minutes a game of JaVale. Is that going to be enough? And then there's the expectation that LeBron's going to play some center. Yeah, I, I think it's just I, I do think it's tough to predict these sorts of things. And we got to we got to see how things shake out in training camp. And, and really, I think around Christmas, you can start predicting, you know, yeah. you, you need to see how they're going to play. I'm not I mean. I'm not convinced LeBron's going to play any minutes at center just because he just has been apt to do so or not been apt to do so. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I I think that there is a path to them missing the playoffs, and I think there's a path to them being the five seed. And I don't think that that's a controversial opinion. You know, last year the three seed and the the 10th place team were separated by three games. Is that right? Three games or three and a half games or something? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not crazy to think. That, that this Lakers team, as currently constructed, we got to couch everything with that because I'm sure they're going to do some deals at the deadline or, or leading up to the deadline. As currently constructed, it's not it's not crazy to think that this team might miss the playoffs. You know, I, I think that a lot of Lakers fans are expecting this big leap from Brandon Ingram, despite the fact that we haven't really seen anything to predict that. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but they're expecting it. They're expecting Lonzo to be better or shoot better. Well, we need to see it. And, and guess what? He had meniscus surgery so you know he's not in the gym yeah so i'm wondering where the improvement's going to come from is he just magically going to be better yeah and you know there's a there's a lot of stuff now i will say this josh hart's better i saw that at summer league you know the skills that he's added since since uh april those are tangible things i mean his off the dribble game has improved greatly uh kcp is not going to serve any jail time this year so that's going to be huge mm-hmm Okay. Yeah, and Mo Wagner, Wagner, it seems like Wagner. a guy who's gonna get some minutes and he can shoot. Yeah. So I mean, well, you know, we'll see. But yeah. I, I again, I'm not. I mean, I don't think Lance is gonna be a positive contributor. Rondo, we'll see. Um, he'll he'll be good when the national TV games, which luckily the Lakers play a ton of those. Um, <laughs> right. But well, yeah. And by the way, he, this is the chance I think LeBron finally has because it's been up and down. The LeBron effect of playing with him, right? We always, oh, they'll be much better, much more open shots. It's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes players will play a lot better when they play alongside him, and other times they don't. And I think this is going to be the, the chance for him to, you know, really display that ability to, to uh, make his teammates better. And if he can do that, because obviously if they can kind of build upon right. I, I actually was shocked. I had seen them play a bit last year. I might have tailed off toward the end of the year as they as the other teams got better and that was the focus. But uh, you know, the defense didn't strike me as that good. But I, so I'm very surprised they got up to twelfth by the end of the year there. Um, but if they can maintain that, I mean that then obviously their offense simply will go up from twenty third to adding LeBron, it will go up to 10, right? Probably. 12th, 11th, 12th. So, yeah, if you're 12th in offense and 12th in defense, you should make the playoffs, I'd imagine. Kind of close. Yeah, you you should. 
Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, d- people getting upset about the projection, I, I just think it's a little silly. I think, right. you know, it's again, you're, you're arguing with math. You're not arguing. And, and again, Kevin Pelton, one of the most respected guys that covers the league. Right. He even said, this is not how I feel personally. This is the projection. Well, I guess the argument is fix your projections then. But there is some math out there that is never wrong, and it profoundly affects millions of people. If you're anything like me, then you're all too familiar with crushing credit card debt at outrageous interest rates. I try to just put it out of my mind and make whatever payments I can and ignore the fact that I might never finish paying it off. But that can all change now. Lightstream allows you to lower that interest rate and consolidate your debt so you can finally get a handle on your finances. If you have good credit, you can get a credit card consolidation loan anywhere from $5,000 to $100,000 at a 5.89% APR with AutoPay. Better yet, if you go to lightstream.com breakdown, you'll get an additional interest rate discount, all with no fees. The only way to get this discount is to visit L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash breakdown. So lift the burden of debt off your shoulders, get some breathing room, and visit Lightstream today. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com for more information. Let's talk about what's going on because he also knocked the Rockets down a peg. And I'm really curious about that because obviously the West is hard and there are a lot of good teams, but I feel like, you know, the Warriors got better, arguably, depending on what happens with Boogie. But the Rockets, you have to argue, got worse. And they're going to add Mello to that. And I don't see how that's going to work. Uh, Pelton has him at three. I don't know. Like, could they fall even? Could they fall to four? I mean, I think that there's a path there. And, and and people are thinking too much about the playoffs and how good they were in the playoffs. The, the truth is the, their regular season, they were so good because they had all that depth and yeah. they had that defense. And, and you know, Luke Richard and Bahamute and Trevor Reza are huge losses for them. Just massive losses. And I, I don't think that can be understated. Re- replacing those guys with James Ennis and Carmelo Anthony – you know, I, I'm I'm dubious. Now, with that being said, if anyone's going to maximize James Ennis, it's going to be Mike D'Antoni. Yep. And he's playing next to Chris Paul and James Harden, who are two of the best players in the league. Um, you know, they're going to get the most out of these guys. But, you know, it, it's tough. I, I think, you know, this is another example where people are just assuming they're still like a challenge to the Warriors. It's another example of underrating some of these high-level role players that Houston had last year. And, and, you know, if PJ Tucker gets hurt, I mean, they're toast. Yeah. At least they still have PJ Tucker is what I was thinking, <laughs> but you're right. Well, by the way, it's if CP three gets hurt, you know, and that's the problem is they can't play him for, you know, 38 minutes a game in the playoffs and hope that he doesn't get hurt. Well, uh, you know. I think the other problem is that, that, you know, people just forget that, Age is a real thing, and it's undefeated. You know, I you know we watch LeBron do what he does at such a high level, and we forget that LeBron is kind of the aberration. Mm-hmm. He's the outlier, and guys like Chris Paul, I, you know, now he doesn't rely on athleticism. He does use skill and and things like that. But 
there is a there is a point where Chris Paul is not going to be able to be as productive as he usually right. is. And by the way, they didn't overplay him last year. They played him under 32 minutes a game. He only played in 58 games, which is indicative there. I'm, I'm actually blanking right now what the injuries were. Do you remember where they dotted across the landscape here? I, mean, I, probably I, can quickly... I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. So the point being that, um, you know, he, he is injury prone, right? He just, that is what's happening to him. He's played 58 games last year, 61 the year before, 74. He played all 82 in 2014-15, and that was an anomaly. Kind of, well, not an anomaly, but he certainly has his issues when he doesn't play a lot during, during yeah. the game. But, but again, the playoffs, it went crazy for him. Uh, in fact, as I'm going to scroll down here real quick, I'll tell you, he, he ended up playing. Well, it's going to be lower than I thought. Yeah, it was. He played 34 and a half minutes overall. But I, as I recall, if you look at, this, at, the, um, at the last, you know, in that last series against the Warriors, he played a lot more than that. Right? Yeah, he Let did. Let me see here if I can, before I'm talking out of my butt, we will, uh, I'll tell you. So, yeah, the last, you know, he didn't play the last two games, but before that, 37, 41, 32, 33. So I'm wrong. Well, 38. I just think he might not be able to handle that load against that great of a team. I guess that's the answer. Yeah. 38 minutes the first game, 33, 32, 41, and 37. That might be sort of right where, if he stayed at 32, he maybe he's okay, but then they don't win. So. Yeah, I you know the other thing is James Harden went freaking supernova when Chris Paul was out last year. Can he do that again? You know, can he do that thing where he carried them the way he did? I I mean I'm not saying that he can't. He's really good, but man, that I mean that was a hell of a load he carried and and he put up like crazy numbers. So mm-hmm. you know it, it, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think that they're a 65 win team anymore. I think I've got him somewhere between 55 and 58. You know, there's so much variance. There's all these toss-up games. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, we'll see if the Warriors try. You know, the Warriors are going to win 65 to 70 games, but will they try? I don't. I don't know. Right. Well, let's go through really quickly the rundown here because Denver at number four for both uh, B-Ball Index and Kevin Pelton on this little thing I'm looking at here. Uh, have them there. We've been waiting for the Nuggets to finally, you know, find their groove and, and be where they're supposed to be. Is this the year? I mean, I guess we'll find out. Uh, Millsap being healthy, um, you know, should matter. And, you know, remember they missed him for, uh, you know, the majority of last season. Um so, you know, uh, they'll have their full squad out there. Will Barton is probably going to start. That offense is going to be insane. Right. But the the defense is the big concern. And, you know, as we've seen, you can have a really great team with a terrible defense, you know. You right. can still well, win games. And then we, so, but, yeah, but losing Wilson Chandler is, is you know, is, is a thing. Uh, mm. and certainly if they, if they don't have Millsap as much as they need him. Not according to uh, – the numbers uh, apparently they they're th- that might be a little bit of addition by subtraction. Oh yeah, why is there some net rating going on that I didn't see? Yeah, there's some there's some he had negative RPM, but then again he also struggled with some hip issues and stuff like that. So right. you right. know I, it's all you know all this stuff. This is August conversation. Like I get it, but man, it just gets a little old. I'm ready for training camp. I want, I'm ready to start like previewing the team and actually talk about how they're going to be on the court rather than trying to figure out how they're going to perform. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do think Denver last year could have been the three seed if Millsat was healthy all year. Mm-hmm. Just okay. like I think I think if Gobert was healthy all year, Utah clearly would have been the three seed. Uh, that's actually a good argument. And again, Utah has the issue of simply matchup issues with like the Rockets, for instance, or maybe even the Warriors. But that doesn't Gobert. matter till the playoffs. Right. 
But yeah. you know that that's well, the luck for, that's actually the Jazz fans should be glad that we're looking at, at them through the crucible of the playoffs. Now we're not even going to be talking about the regular season. That's which is what right. we were always doing with the Cavs, for instance. And even though they would get the, the whatever seed and they would get all the way to the finals, it was always like, well, what's going to happen there? Um, so okay, and uh, you know Minnesota, I'm also a little bit worried about. I don't know if they're going to be fifth. I feel yeah. like they're stuck at a crossroads and might not make it. Uh, I think OKC could be better than sixth. I think OKC is likely the three or four seed. I think OKC is really good. I think we're underrating them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Robertson coming back, being healthy. I mean, he was so important to them and they were really gelling and hitting their stride when he got hurt. And it, and it, I mean, it was a devastating injury for them, which is crazy to think that a guy who's that much of a zero on offense is so important to their team. And I know like people see that as a knock, but to me, it was actually like, well, that's good team construction. You know, you you got him on a good contract, and uh, and he's a, a vital player, and he starts and plays for you, and you lose him, and, and your whole team suffers. Like, yeah, okay, so it's hard to replace those guys when they go down during the season. You know, look look at you know what happens to the Warriors when Steph Curry's out. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just don't play the same game, and and unfortunately, OKC can only kind of play one way, and they need Robertson to do that. So. Um, you know, Robertson being back, I think, is big for them. Uh, and and then I, I like the Nerlens signing for them. I, I think that that's going to be interesting, having him come off the bench, you know, maybe playing like eight to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll see. I think him and him and Grant, that's that's quite a bit of switchy shot blocking. Yeah. No, I, I'm looking forward to Grant finally getting the right opportunity uh, offensively to do really well. Uh, and then by subtraction, getting rid of Mello will be uh, another one of those things in, the, in the, even more of a mold than like the Wilson Chandler thing where uh, I think that was holding them back. Uh, and then it's interesting that the Spurs, are, you know, without Kawhi, got the seventh seed anyway. And um, they're going to add DeMar DeRozan and pretty well, actually, it's not true. They, they lost Lomo. Uh, did they lose anybody else? They lost Danny Green. Oh yeah, right. The trade. Okay, so yeah, I can. So they I lost guess, two starters. So we're starting to see uh, that the uh, yeah the, the Spurs are not getting zero respect, and, uh, and no one thinks they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that they're probably going to make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, listen, I there's you, you you can't have twelve teams in the playoffs. I know. See, this is the problem. This is exactly the problem. So oh, um, but what, you know what we forgot is Memphis. Yeah. Memphis, I'm irrationally exuberant. If they get those guys healthy, they're a playoff team. You can't argue with. You can't convince me otherwise. Hey, and I'm telling you, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, is just going to be Brooks, really good. I like Dylan Brooks. Jaron Jackson is going to be really good from day one. Hey, let me give, let me remind you. Well, last time they had Conley and uh, Gasol healthy, they went to the conference finals, or something like that. Yeah. They went to the conference finals not long ago with that team. Without Randolph, and then Randolph got in trouble with the punch, the, the BS punch with the Adams. Remember that? Uh, they probably would have could have won that series. Oh, wait, I think that was a series, right? No, was that yeah. the series when OKC made it to the NBA Finals? Which one was that? When uh, I, all I know is I was watching footage, and the Grizzlies were in the conference finals, whatever year that was. And I'm wondering if that was that was no, it wasn't that long ago. So anyway, yeah, uh, I, can't. I can check real quick just to, for accuracy's sake. Um, but nonetheless, so yeah, it's a rig and roll. It's it's the West keeps getting worse and worse as far as kind of like how hard it is to compete, right? I think that's the thing. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm how am I? I guess I'm way off. They last time they made the conference finals, according to this, is in 0304. What was I watching? Maybe I guess it was, and then they didn't. This isn't right, is it? <laughs> I'm looking at yeah. B ball ref. Oh my yeah. god, Never they mind. haven't made. 
Yeah, they haven't made the conference. No, no, finals. I'm wrong. I, I oh. hit I hit Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm like talking and clicking at the same time instead of Memphis. I missed by, by a couple. All right, here we go. They were in the conference finals in uh, 2013. 2013. Yeah, and, they lost the Spurs. Yeah, and in the second round in 14-15. So I'm telling you, man, um, we don't know about if, what kind of coach Bickerstaff really is. We're going to find out. But uh, you get Conley and Gasol healthy, and they have some guys around them now. Um, I can't see them not making the playoffs if they maintain their health. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, another great show. Um, yeah. I wonder if show. I got swayed at all about uh, swearing. I, I, just, I just don't. Th- I mean, listen, whatever you want to say about the, the ability to motivate or how that works on a well time thing. I guess I'm going to get stuck on the appropriateness until that time when it's when it's not inappropriate. Yeah. But I'm telling you that that time is right now. All right. Well, let's. We have other we, things. We can be the change. We have we have other things to change in our culture before the absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, well, listen. By the don't way, change. I, one one last thing. Imagine picking this week of all the weeks when LeBron James spends forty million dollars of his own money to open a school that's gonna, and then he's with these students when they graduate, gonna pay for them to go to college. In his hometown. Imagine picking that week to talk some shit. Oh, I, by the way, I'll what guarantee you that he has no idea that he opened up a school this week. No idea. So, that's, so that, that to me is almost like, of course he's going to do that. And of course it has nothing to do with the fact that he opened a school just because he has no idea. He doesn't pay attention to any of that stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, but, you know. Shout out to LeBron for, for being a fantastic human being. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, listen, F-bombs uh, aside uh, in front of the kids. Uh, yeah, what he did and what he's been doing and what he stands for and how, what he said publicly uh, has been inspiring uh, on that end. And if he ever wants to swear and drop F-bombs talking about Trump, man, that's certainly open season. I'd be more than happy to, to <laughs> advocate for that. So, Dave, uh, fucking great podcast. And we will talk when I get back from Paris next week. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown. I'm not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>